Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back here on the Ohio win. Um, lots of interesting reporting recently about medical marijuana. I think it kind of became legalized a few years back now. And some criticisms of it was, again, it just got started. But there wasn't a lot of places that you could buy medical marijuana across the state. So there are some people that are traveling a couple hours away from for medical marijuana. Uh, there was also a, uh, the cost was a little bit higher. I remember we had some reporters down uh, the first day it was open, and there were some customers going, you know, not complaining, but just saying, hey, it's a little bit higher than normal places. Well, Ohio's doing some things to help the situation, um, and most notably, it's pretty, I wouldn't say drastic, but pretty dramatic. Uh, They're going to double the number of medical marijuana dispensaries um, in Ohio, which I think is interesting. I'll tell you, Craig, um, here's my thought. I grew up in a conservative house, and and I still have, and when I'm saying conservative, I'm not saying Republican, Democrat, just conservative on, you know, my dad was a Baptist pastor, and there was an old saying in church circles, you know, we don't drink, we don't chew, we don't go with girls that do, you know, so... It's kind of an attitude of conservative, not necessarily in the way you vote, but more conservative in, you know, how you live your life growing up. You know what I mean? Like, I I wasn't one to drink or smoke or do anything else like that. Because of that, I think that we, obviously, we weren't marijuana users or anything. And I, I think I'm kind of getting my hands around what medical marijuana is. Obviously, medical marijuana isn't the marijuana that you smoke. There's a lot of medical uses for it. I'll be honest. I don't have my hand totally around it yet. I mean, I understand the value. I understand how it can help people. I'm still trying to understand for my own life or my kid's life. I mean, mm-hmm. Craig, I got an eight-year-old girl that has autism. Um, somebody, and, and they didn't prescribe her with medical marijuana, but somebody said, hey, you might want to take a look at it. That might help some of the issues we have with her. Right. I just behavior in it and other stuff like that. And Craig, I'm not marching on the streets to get some medical marijuana. This is different for me, man. I mean, again, I growing up in a kind of a more conservative background, yeah, you know, I'm still trying to get my hand around medical marijuana, to be honest with you. And obviously medical marijuana is not like you're smoking it or it's not like my if my daughter ever does it. And we're not even sure if we would do that or not. It's not like we're giving her, like, you don't smoke it. It's not a marijuana cigarette. Like, my daughter's not going to be 
smoking marijuana cigarette at eight or anything else like that. Right. But it's it's tough. I mean, I'm trying to get my hand around it. What's your, not even from a news angle, but just from a personal angle, I mean, has it been a a journey for you too? Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of at the same cut from the same cloth I, a little bit from you with you uh, is that you know I, I don't I don't do any drugs or smoke or drink or anything like that um, you know the last time I had anything alcohol wise was at my wedding and that was almost five years ago um, you know I, I, I've kind of wrapped my head around medical marijuana the more you know I think the more I've I've read about it you know I haven't done a lot of the stories that we've written about medical marijuana um, our other reporter in Fremont has has done a great job covering, you know, the dispensaries and then also the the grow facilities. Um, but I've also had, you know, um, a family member that works in one of the new dispensaries that's that's popped up lately. Um, and I, you know, I've seen and I've heard a lot of the medical benefits from it. And like you said, it's not somebody rolling up a joint and smoking. It's you know, often it's lotions or you know, creams or edible, you know, candies or things like that, that can be used to, to help them out with whether it's anxiety or pain. Um, so I've, I've definitely seen a, a lot of the benefits and, and feel strongly that they can be beneficial in, in terms of pain treatment. Um, you know, it's, it's something that I've thought about for other, for some of my family members that have gone through some issues. Uh, that maybe, you know, medical marijuana would have been an option for pain control. So, um, you know, I, I think I've I've never not been interested in the medical marijuana as far as, you know, understanding the purposes of it. I, I don't know that I would ever take it because I don't think I really want to or could because of, of my work, but um, I can see why other people would. And I, I can see the benefits that they've discussed and that some people have taken it and, you know, it's it seems like it's a it's another option for pain management that maybe is a little bit less addicting than what we've seen with the opioid crisis with people being prescribed pain medication that kind of gets them hooked on you know fentanyl and um you know heroin and things like that so it it seems to be a healthier alternative and it seems to work i don't hear a, a ton of protests against medical marijuana like at church, it's not like they're like, "Oh, medical marijuana is a scourge of our society." You know, you know, you may not make it to heaven if you take that. I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in my church, and I haven't heard about that in other churches. I, I do wonder, however, uh, we have like our statehouse insider, uh, Rachel Coyle. She comes on weekly on here on the show, and the last time she was on, we were talking about this medical marijuana thing, and we were talking about. I, I'm wondering if. Maybe in the communications of medical marijuana, and I'm not even saying this from the state house, but just from advocates in Ohio in general, I'm wondering if they're not, if there needs to be a better communication on what medical marijuana does. Because there's not outcry against it, but even some like me who's working the news and we read these stories and everything, I, I, I still have some more in general questions. I guess maybe they don't need to have better communication if there's not people dramatically opposed to it. I, I just like to know more. I mean, again, I'm more in the curious mode and from my background going, huh, I never thought of marijuana like this. You know, I, I, I don't know if, if the proponents are even getting a ton of great information out there. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a mystery. Um, unfortunately, there are you know we as journalists don't have the opportunity to go into dispensaries and and really look at what they have and and talk about really what they have. Um, and also, I think going hand in hand with that is you know being able to talk to people that use it. Uh, there are some people that just don't want to have that information out there. So I think it's it's hard to get the information out on medical marijuana because, you know, there still maybe is that stigma and there still is a stigma for people that use it, that maybe they don't want people to know that they use it, whether it's an employer or right. whatever it may be. And I think there's a, you know, there's a if there's a way to cut through that to where we could tell the stories as journalists anyway, I think it would maybe, you know, shed some additional light on on what medical marijuana is and what the benefits of it are. Because right now, I think, you know, kind of like you said, you don't really know a lot about it. So there's the stigma that, you know, even though you know that it's not just rolling up a joint and smoking it like it, you know, like people picture marijuana being. I think at the end of the day, when people don't know much about it and, you know, they just assume that, you know, people that are using it are abusing it or they're trying to get, you know, a prescription for it just so they can say that they can use marijuana so they can get high. Whereas in, if you look at the state, the state's made it very difficult, I think, for people to get medical marijuana where you have to have certain medical conditions to get medical marijuana. And also too, you know, one of the biggest things that we've seen and heard is that it's, it's very expensive. Um, so people are paying a lot of, they're paying a lot more for medical marijuana than they would be to pay for a, a joint that they buy on the street if they really chose to do that. And to me, that shows me that people want to go about it in the right way. They want to get the, the help and they look at it as, even though they can't get it at like a cost of prescription, like they would a normal prescription that a doctor prescribes, they're, they're willing to pay the extra, the extra dollars to do it in the safe, right, correct way. And that's, you know, pretty admirable. And that makes me believe that the future of medical marijuana seems bright in that regard, because if people are willing to pay for it now, maybe five, 10 years from now, things will be covered by, you know, health insurance and, and maybe, there won't be such a stigma from employers that allow their cut their their employees to to take it much like they would if they fell off of a ladder hurt their back or whatever it may be and they were prescribed opiates you know or, or some sort of a pain medication that's very addictive you know that could cause further damage or bigger problems than medical marijuana ever could well and i'm also thinking about this too Medical marijuana, I mean, it's a lot different than if the state would legalize marijuana. But a conversation I've heard out there, it hasn't been reflected in my reporting because I think it's more of a kind of a reach for people to say that. But I've heard in some veins people say, well, if they approve medical marijuana, good night, we're going to approve marijuana. You'll be able to have a little bit of marijuana. And I can't believe the state approved gambling. Uh, you know, a few years ago, and now they're talking about sports gambling. You know, we're this moral privacy. What's happening to our state? Well, I think you could say that. I mean, if that's your opinion, it's your opinion. But I think on the other side, too, you can make the other argument and say, look, our state, like probably every other state in America right now, doesn't have money after COVID. I mean, 
you look at the cost, and you know, we've talked about this a lot before. After COVID, there's going to be stuff that we spend money on that we're going to be at deficit for. I mean, look at all the money we've spent on unemployment. Is right. that good? Yeah, it's good. It, it's helped a lot of us. It's helped us here in Gannett. I'm not saying that's a problem, but, you know, we're going to have budget shortfalls, and this is going to affect us probably five, ten, maybe more years now afterwards. So it's interesting because, like, the state's looking at creative options. Now that you have medical marijuana dispensaries, obviously the state can take some tax off that because sure. it's a state business. Um, you know, Tyler Kim was on the other day, and we were talking about um, sports gambling. And, hey, I'm not comfortable with sports gambling. Uh, we talked about this on the show the other day where we said, hey, there could be some issues come up from us being sports fans. I mean, how will that affect the game and everything? But the other thing that you're thinking is, even though sports gambling isn't legal in Ohio, people in Ohio do sports gamble. And if you can regulate that and create some businesses, is that easier to regulate than if you just have all these businesses that aren't regulated at all? And I'll even go as far to say, I'm not necessarily in favor of Ohio approving marijuana, but you know, that you have the other argument. Same people say, Man, police departments are overwhelmed right now. There's a lot going on at the police departments. Um, you know, we've talked in the past couple of days, and believe me, we're going to talk in a day or two about things happening in the Columbus Police Department. So, if if you're looking at all of that and you say, "Hey, maybe they don't have the time or the energy to focus on small marijuana fees," and if you legalize marijuana, then there's some more tax money that they can go for. So, I mean, there's a lot of competing thoughts and ideas here. And, again, just because we approve medical marijuana, marijuana is a totally different story. But still, I look back at from the state and saying, hey, you know, there might be some tax revenue for the state here. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think marijuana as a whole, I, I can't speak for other cities in the state or other counties, but, you know, in Fremont, we've sort of decriminalized you know, having small amount, amounts of marijuana where, you know, it, it will be confiscated and everything like that while if police find it. But the the penalties that people face for having marijuana in the city of Fremont just is not the same as it once was. And I, I don't know if the, the rest of the state has done that. I know other parts of the state have sort of decriminalized marijuana, but, you know, I, I think we've we've kind of moved on, especially in the midst of the opioid crisis that, you know, there are bigger fish to fry than marijuana. And if you are trafficking marijuana, then yeah, you're going to go to prison in all likelihood. But if you have a, a, you know, a small amount of marijuana, you're not going to go to prison anymore. And that's probably, you know, with jail overcrowding and with the opioid crisis, it's probably the smart idea. And I think the more and more we get comfortable with marijuana that we see on the street, maybe the more and more comfortable we'll get with medical marijuana and vice versa, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, there, there's a market out there and the state of Ohio has sort of taken advantage of it and maybe gambling is the next thing to do as well as we've already, we've obviously got casinos and now we're looking at sports gambling. So this is a, you know, some added revenue streams that are sorely needed in the state and across the country. And let me clarify, because I can see some people out there listening that know me are like, oh, my gosh, Chris is going to start doing marijuana and he'll do gambling. No, <laughs> I think there's a difference between morality and the way government – it would make sense for government to legislate stuff. Right. I, I don't sense myself ever doing marijuana. 
I'm reluctant to consider medical marijuana. I'm right. not into gambling. I I don't feel comfortable. And, and honestly, as a friend, if Craig came up to me and said, man, I'm a sports gambler now, I'd be like, I would pull him aside as a friend and say, boy, Craig, are you sure you want to, you know, maybe this right. is a wise decision for you. Yeah. But there's a difference between how I interact with those I know well and those that, you know, for me to say, hey, you know, let's legislate this across the state. Because, again, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying, hey, maybe we need to change the way we do things with police departments. And believe me, there, there's a story. We're taping this Wednesday morning. Um, follow the news. There's a story Tuesday that we're, we're night with the Columbus Police Department that we'll talk about over the next couple of days. Um, that, yeah, I mean, with everything going on, you sit there and say, hey, if we're going to change the way we do things in policing, maybe we need to change the way we Maybe certain crimes we don't go after as much. And maybe these shouldn't technically be crimes. And by that, I'm talking about if you have small amounts of marijuana and everything else like that. Because the way things currently are going just isn't working. So, food for thought. Let us know what you think on the Ohio. And I know, man, we talked 16 minutes about this. We could probably talk 16 hours about this if we could. But, yeah, let us know what you think about it. It's a situation that's not going away, man. I know there's a lot of moral questions and everything. And let us know what you think. Let us know. Um, just let us know in the comments, send us emails, whatever the case might be. Uh, and again, thank you for supporting the show. Um, you know, we we encourage you for listener support. Uh, check out our sponsors. And thanks for being fans of the high. We really appreciate it. Of all the podcasts you can listen to, thanks for picking ours. Uh, we'll be back shortly with another segment. All right. Hey. I always need extra content for the podcast site, and because we don't have a ton of Steelers stuff to talk about, we've got extra segments. I'm not sure if we're even technically a Steelers show right now, but we just do some fun pop culture-type segments. There ain't no worry. It's good. Um, You know, the Browns, um, they recently signed Jadavion Clowney. Clowney. Can't even say his name right. We don't have to worry about other guys being named Jadavion Clowney. I think he's going to be a Independent name that you know we're not gonna have to worry about, but I think there's another lineman in the in the draft. No, really, the Browns are gonna draft him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm gonna start yelling for four hours. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Their but whole no. defensive line will be Clowny, Clowny, Garrett, Clowny, and Clowny. <laughs> well, long story short, he was drafted one, he, he came really highly, highly regarded. Um, he actually had a bowl game tackle against Michigan where he pretty much destroyed the running back, and he was oh, – yeah. it was an early viral video. Videos were starting to go viral at the time. Well, he's had a career where he's done some things, but he's been hurt a lot. Uh, he was uh, tempted to sign with the Browns last year. I believe he ended up going to Tennessee, and he was out for most of the year. And now he's with the Browns. Um, the Browns are hopeful he could be that guy on the other side of Miles Garrett. I don't know. Jury's out. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think he's all right. But, you know, if, if he can stay healthy, I think we need to underline 500 times. If you're a Browns fan, you need to underline 500 times. You agree, yeah, Jay? That's kind of the kind of the issue, if he can stay healthy. Uh, if he is healthy, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a really good uh, edge rusher. You know, he's a good guy on, on the line. Uh, he can get through who he needs to get through to cause a lot of problems in the backfield. 
especially if he's going to be on the opposite side from Miles Garrett. Like that's almost the specifically why he would be valuable to the Browns is that any amount of attention that they can add to the other side opposite Miles Garrett only opens up more for Garrett. So it's not just his own production. It's that they would have that the uh, that the offense would have to spend any amount of extra time or attention to the opposite side from Miles Garrett only yeah. opens up more for Garrett. That's really his primary value to, value to the Browns. Paul, I was saying something has switched in the the air in Cleveland. Uh, if this was five years ago, I'd say no, he's going to get hurt in camp and he won't see a down um but how things have flipped in cleveland he will be back to old form and he'll probably have a pro bowl season yeah mm-hmm. and i'll be huh, boy, I'm that guy. <laughs> i i think i have questions about both guys and the Sooners didn't have enough money to pay either one of those guys unless it took a really reduced rate but you know, we always we're in love with the Watt story. Yeah, bring the whole Watt family together. Maybe Mama Watt could hold for field goals, and Daddy right. Watt can be the backup court. Yeah, you know, we sure. we got this fancy. If we want all the Watts to come play for the Steelers. It's great. I'll be honest with you. If both those guys were willing to pay for them, play for the minimum, I might even take Clowney over JJ Watt. I sound weird saying that, but I think I might do that this year. Would you? No. This year, I, no. I think if he has a year where he's able to make it through the whole season without a major injury, because it's been since, uh, what was it, 2017 was his last full season. Uh, he's been injured for a significant portion of every season since then. Um, if he's able to get put together a whole season where he's able to contribute the whole time, then I think it would be close. I think we'd be having that conversation for sure at the end of this year, but he's uh, as, as injured as oft injured as JJ Watt has been over the past couple of years. Clowney's been worse. So he can't do anything if he's not on the field. I I really think, and the Browns have money to play with. That's why the Browns can bring some of these guys in. I think it's going to end up where it's not going to matter. I mean, yeah, they may, Clowney might help, and maybe that'll free Garrett up. I, I'm having a hard time believing that Clowney's going to be a ten sack, you know, person. I mean, compared to the Steelers, you know, what a combo they had last year when they had T.J. Watt and they had Bud Dupree. Um, you saw T.J. not regress, but you know, the numbers weren't quite as where they were after Bud Dupree got hurt for the year. Um. But I'd much rather have T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree than Clowney and Garrett. You know what I mean? So I, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, well, it tells Can you. I have Watt know. and Garrett. <laughs> What's that? He wants Can the combo of Watt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we could bring Miles Garrett over. You know, he can well, have- if we're just talking preferences, I would rather have all four of them. Right. <laughs> I would like I to have, have all four of them on one team. Yeah. One of them can play quarterback. Yes, absolutely. I think You're so. You're bringing back a me- bad memory. Like when the Browns came back as expansion team, you know, there was some talk saying, hey, other teams might drop players because if you're way over the salary cap, you got to get rid of players and the Browns could have them. So all these Browns fans were like, oh, man, Jerry Rice, I think he was pl- still playing at the time. 
you know, like, man, Jerry Rice should just be given to the Browns for free and everything. And, oh, man, they should have all this other stuff. You know, we're almost talking like Browns fans in the expansion area, you know. <laughs> all these guys should play for us. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers should come play for the minimum. Sure. Play. Why not? Why not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I think Clowney could be a benefit to the Browns. I don't think Clowney alone is going to get them over the hump. Um, I, I I still think you got to outscore teams like the Chiefs. And I know the Chiefs kind of got humbled a little bit in the Super Bowl, but you still got to outscore teams, to be honest with you. I, I think a guy like Clowney could help stop a def- an offense, but I don't think Clowney alone makes the Browns into, like, the Steelers team. I mean, I, I think the Steelers team is still better. I'll say it, so we'll see. You guys are making faces. You think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's do this. In the interest of time, let's wait till after the draft and let's see what happens because I think you're going to get a better taste for where everybody's at after the draft because I think also after the draft, some teams might pick up some guys and everything. But it was right now, I think there's holes in the Steelers' defense. Um, you know, we just had a Steelers – uh, podcast where we said, hey, offensive line, running back, but hopefully they're able to pick up maybe another corner, even free agency or in the draft later. That will make us feel better. So, yeah. It's- I mean, as, as of today, are the Steelers a better team today or a worse team today than the playoff game against the Browns? Oof. I don't know if they're better. Here's I don't. I'm not sure if they're a lot worse because, but there's also still holes to fill. You know, especially right. at running back. You know, once you've lost a couple of people in there, we just haven't been able to plug people back in today. Uh, I don't know if they're. I don't think that they're better. No. One of the commentators I listened to, I, I won't call him out because it may not be quite exactly right, but he has big problems with the Steelers' offensive line. But he said the thing that challenges him, he doesn't feel like the Steelers' offense line gave their full effort at the end of the year. He says he thinks that's kind of why things went a little bit haywire. Um, you know, they couldn't run the ball. And part, and if they can't run the ball, you know, the offensive line says, hey, why, why, why are we – it's not like they totally gave up. But they, they, he was kind of sitting where maybe they weren't given that 100% effort. And it's kind of calling mm-hmm. off the catcher, actually, you know, for stuff like that. Um, I – I, I don't know. I I think to get where they need to get last year, they're, they're going to have to hope that some things work out really well. How much of they're going to work out? Like, you have to say, man, they're going to draft good linemen. They come in and they can start. And they're, they're going to be effective. And, yeah, that could happen. I mean, there's some good linemen that I think can be productive. But we got to say, oh, they got to be productive. They're going to be quality starters in the first year in the, in the NFL. That doesn't always happen. I mean, you've got to insinuate that if we got Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or Javante Williams or somebody else, they could come in and be that 1,000-yard rusher. Hey, they're good. We like them. But just because you get drafted in the first round doesn't mean you're a Pro Bowl hot young stud rookie running back. Ask all, of those, ask all of those Browns quarterbacks that they drafted at number one. Well, I mean, <laughs> compare- it's a long list, man. It's a long list. <laughs> I think it's an unfair comparison, but I've heard some people actually, um, you know, they're looking toward flops in the Alabama running back community 
saying, hey, stay away from Najee Harris. You look at guys like A.U. Lacey or Trent Richardson or something. Now, I, I don't think those are fair comparisons, but I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, we're drooling over Najee Harris and Travis Etienne and Javante Williams, but hopefully if if Zeus can get one of three, hopefully they can make it. You know, the man came out as their flop. <laughs> we're going to be missing James Conner. We're like, bring us back, James Conner. We don't know what we had. So. No. I think the, the no. I think the real fallout is going to come after the draft once other teams start seeing who they've drafted and realizing that there are other people on their team that they're going to start letting go. It's the cuts that come after the draft that I think are going to get really interesting. Yeah. I, I think so. I think there's going to be some more veterans out there available because other teams are going to pick up people that they're 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 confident are going to be able to start. Yeah, so let's know what you think. Hey, we're biased. We're, we're Steelers podcasters, so we're not going to say, man, the Browns are fantastic, but it'll be interesting no. to see how they do. So let's know what you think. Um, thanks for checking out the high, and we're going to try to get to another um, segment real quick, and we've got an interview that we're going to promote the heck of as soon as we get. So uh, thanks for checking out the high, and we'll be back shortly. All right, back here on the high and Hey, I guess it's extended Steelers podcast. Um, we had some extra time, so we're talking about some uh, other stories in football. I uh, thought this was interesting. Netflix, they got movies all over the place. Um, they're, they're going to do a movie. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but, um, you know, Sean Payton was banned for a year. Uh, there was Bounty Gate that happened. He couldn't coach for a year. And did he coach somewhere else? He coached his son's sixth grade football team. So he actually did that. Okay. But right. This is this is a thing based on that premise. Okay. So Netflix is picking this up. They're making it into a movie. And Happy Madison, which is Am Sandler's company, mm-hmm. uh, they, they got to deal with Am Sandler. I mean, Am Sandler uh, is going to be on a certain number of movies a year. But this is actually starring Kevin James. Our King of Queens guy, and he's done various movies. I have Sean Payton. I got a couple weird issues with this to start. First of all, and Paul and Joe are here with me, as always. Um, body type. And I'm a big guy. Kevin James is a bigger guy than Sean Payton, right? Well, oh, yeah. he, he was the last time we saw him. Oh. So, you know, who knows what's going on now? I mean... I actually saw they, they did like a Zoom reunion with um the King of Queens people. And oh, he's okay. not he hasn't blunt up, but I mean he hasn't blunt down. Like blunt <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. He has lost a lot of that he classic phrase for uh yeah. for losing weight. Yeah, That's what I've been working on that myself, blimping down. Yes. Uh, I'm not doing too well, but at least I'm not blimping up. So that's the thing. Here's here's my other question, Paul. Now you know, not to say Amazon always just does goofy movies, but Amazon is more prone to do a goofy movie than a real serious movie. Um, you know, Sean Payton's not a, a super goofy guy. Now he did get slime poured over his head when um um jeez. Um he, he got uh, slime poured over his head after a playoff game. I don't know if you guys heard this. Uh the Saints beat the Bears in the opening round of the playoff. Nickelodeon um, actually televised the game along with CBS. They had like a kid-friendly broadcast. So at the end of the game, 
Uh, I guess they were trying to figure out who was going to get slimed. And actually, as a winning coach, Sean Payton offered to get slimed. So he literally turned the post game, got slimed after they beat the Bears, which I, I find incredibly bizarre and incredibly weird. But, I mean, that's the only goofy thing I, I ever can recall Sean Payton doing. So is that a bad mix, the Happy Madison crew and Sean Payton? Yeah, at first I was wondering if this was going to be a drama and this was going to be Kevin James, but if it's a Happy Madison thing, clearly a comedy. And uh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's going to be a comedy, and it's going to be based on real events. It's not going to – this is not a documentary. This is not a, a biopic. This is going to be taking that story idea – uh, of having a professional coach then come back and have to coach. He's had to serve as an assistant coach on a, on a sixth grade football team. Uh, I, so I think the idea is that it's going to probably look a lot more like uh, what Will Ferrell from kicking and screaming uh, more than a, a, a very serious take. It's going to be uh, it's taking the premise and doing something interesting with it. But do you think that could ruin Sean Payton's legacy? Because I'm assuming they're going to call Kevin James Sean in the movie, right? I'm assuming they'll be not necessarily. Okay, okay. I mean, not, I, again, like I, I think the idea is to just have based on the idea that a professional coach, for okay. disciplinary reasons, can't coach regular, uh, and so has and spends his time volunteering to coach uh, a, a sixth grade team. So they're not necessarily going to call him Sean during the whole movie. And, uh, yeah, I don't think so. That probably, it probably him. isn't going to be uh, uh, unless they're working out some sort of deal with the NFL team to have it be uh, to have it be the Saints. I don't know. I could just as easily see them making up a fake uh, professional team that this coach, that Kevin James's character can't coach for anymore or something. With cameos from Drew Brees you know, coming in and all this other stuff. It'd be great. <laughs> well, I think that'd be a lot of fun, and I, that could be a way to go with it, but I don't know. I, I, I haven't read a whole lot about this, but it seems like it's going to be much more of a takeoff of the idea rather than basing it on the real-life events specifically. I don't know if there's enough interest, interesting things that happened in the real-life experience. Did the, the team go from worst to first or – did somebody actually benefit from Sean Payton's assistant coaching this sixth, fifth, sixth grade team? Like, did somebody sign with the Saints afterwards? I don't know. Who knows? I got to figure out. Um, yeah, Mike the, star, the star of that team, Taysom Hill. Well, let's get Mike Tomlin in the movie. I mean, you know, Mike Tomlin's an innocent guy. He's pure. He's not going to get banned like Sean Payton does. We don't do bound oh, man. He's too hard hits. Listen. So, so I'm, from Mike Tomlin? I'm as much of a Steelers stand as anybody else, but man, that dude almost knocked over a referee one time. So let's not talk about how okay. pure and innocent Mike Tomlin is. Like, Wait. let's just well, call it what it is. He is a competitive man, and that's fine. I'd rather have him, be, have him be that. Right. But what story can we buy from Mike Tomlin that we could do a movie about? <laughs> I mean, him. He all makes this show better. What's that? This show is better automatically if instead of Kevin James, they get Terry Bradshaw. Oh. Play. Instantly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, how do I don't know. I think Kevin James could do a good job. You know, it's 
He does he does perfectly well in the other Adam Sandler movies. Isn't he one of the people as part of Grown Ups? Yeah. He's part yeah. of that he's part of that crew. I don't know. If it's that tone, if it's a happy Madison film, I don't know. I don't know if Terry Bradshaw can out uh happy Madison Kevin James. <laughs> well, well, Just let him be himself. <laughs> Well, let's see one there. We're, you That's know, we're not even a movie. That That's just a home movie. That you just shoot him <laughs> at his house, and it's already, you know, the 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 bar of interest goes up. Well, well, let's we're getting into a segment. So I got an idea to propose to you. What about if we do this? What about if we say, uh I'm I'm, lo- I'm losing my train of thought here. Uh oh. Well, Terry Bradshaw, we want to get him back in movies. He was in movies before. That's a great idea. So how can we get Steelers into this? I don't want to buy Netflix so I can watch some silly Saints movie. I want a Steelers movie. How about we can rip it from true life headlines? You know, the Steelers, they, they need to replace Big Ben. They need to have, you know, a game plan ready and everything. I, I don't want the heaven can wait, you know, idea, you know, where the guy dies and he goes into another person's body. But what if Terry Bradshaw comes back and defies logic? He's the how old's Terry now? 65, 70? 131. Yeah, you have a Netflix show where the series is like, oh, what are we gonna do as our franchise quarterback? And Terry bursts through the door and says, I gotta score a cell. I'm gonna be your franchise quarterback. So at 71, he's like, you know, they trot back out there and he's he, he's building his way back up and he becomes a great quarterback again at 71. Oh, I love that. I I think he'd have a clause in the contract for that movie where the the back of his pants have to be cut out or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to see Bradshaw Butt. It should be fantastic. (laughs) Oh, good word. Let us know what you think think about that. Um, Do you have any other ideas about Steelers movies that we can kind of come up with? Because hey, we don't need a Saints movie with, you know, Kevin James. We gotta have a Steelers movie, and you know, maybe Mike Tomlin doesn't have that checkered past that obviously Sean Payton has. But we we could come up with something. I I got my idea of Terry Bradshaw being our next franchise quarterback in '71. Who knows? We'll, we'll How about where Bain it. blows up Heinz Field while Heinz Ward is running for a touchdown? Yeah, I just don't see it. We've been there. That. That. I could. Who would watch that movie really? Well, I want a movie Adam Sandler will produce. Adam Sandler will be like, ah, Bane, that's uh, too serious. Uh, I got to be silly. So it'll be good. All right. Well, thanks for checking out our show. We will be back shortly with another segment. Have a good one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com. 